What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast with me, Brandon Harper. Just in typical South Texas spring fashion, it's hot, windy, cloudy, and humid here today. It's April 24th, 2022. Now I'm here today to talk about some things. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions, so I come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. And apparently, you care. That's why you're here. So thanks for listening. If there's one thing you need to know about me, it's that I don't do pre-recorded intros. Another thing you need to know about me is that you won't agree with all my opinions, and that's okay. We've gotten to a point where we cannot disagree with people without being disagreeable, and if we have differing opinions, we hate each other. I don't know how we got there, but I'd like to see it turn around. Once again, thanks for listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. Sit back, relax, and give me the remote control of the ceiling fan for about the next 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour. FML. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. I do like the use of acronyms, though. It's given us the ability to express extreme frustrations without actually cussing. I'm kind of old school. I don't cuss a lot. I do cuss sometimes. I cuss more around some people than others. I think it's a thing of respect and courtesy. The reason I'm frustrated right now is because you can't hear it, but there's somebody weed-eating next door. And if you've never tried to talk with some background noise while you're being recorded and think and look at notes and cut audio all at the same time while somebody's weed-eating in the background, it's ridiculously hard, at least for a simple-minded, ape-looking dude like me. I think I've got a lot to get to today, so I'll just hop right to it. If you remember last week, I gave you a little teaser about the Department of Education releasing their equity action plan as part of the Biden-Harris administration's efforts to advocate racial equity and support. Now, if you've been listening to me for any given amount of time, you could probably guess what I'm going to say about this. But before we do that, I want to read to you some excerpts from the report. So this came from uh, the Department of Education. And you could go to their website and check it out. I would encourage you to do so to make sure I'm not spreading Russian disinformation and things like that. So I'm going to kind of scroll around this note uh, or this this press release that I notated and uh, give you my thoughts. So one thing I want to point out is that we all love, or I don't know, I'm not speaking, I'm not including myself in this word, but everyone loves the use of this word equity and I'm getting tired of it. I really, really am getting tired of it because the more that we overuse these words and throw them around, the less they freaking mean, Okay. This is silly. All right. Anyway, so let's go. And I did a search. I searched this PDF, which is two pages. It was multi-paragraph, single-spaced. Two pages. The word equity was used 28 times. 28 times in two pages. There's a reason they use these words. And it's, it's, it's more deep state than what you could ever imagine. But I'm not going to go there right now. So it starts out by 
given some uh, background and reason for doing what they're doing. So I'll read one of the paragraphs. As the department, it's first of all, there's lots of typos, incorrectly capitalized words, and spacing and grammatical errors, which I find highly hilarious that the Department of Education puts out a paper that's riddled with grammatical errors. Anyway, as the department works to help schools, communities, students, educators, and families recover from the pandemic and rebuild stronger than before March 2020, advancing equity and closing gaps made worse by the pandemic remain a core priority. U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona underscored this priority earlier this year when he laid out his version for education in America. The department's equity action plan builds on current processes already in place and implements new strategies to ensure the advancement of equity as it works to promote student achievement and ensure the nation's education system meets the demands of today's global economy. Got it. All right, here's a quote from Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona. Education has the power to bring the American dream within reach of every individual, lift communities, draw people together, drive our economy, and meet our nation's vast potential. We need to keep the focus on transforming our education system so it truly expands, no space between truly and expands, opportunity for all students, no matter their race, background, zip code, age, or family's income. You know what, Miguel, that's a good point. I, I, I recently heard at a school board meeting, they were sitting around going, so, fellow white school board members, what zip code can we exclude from our school district? <laughs> Miguel continues to say, Together we must take bold action to ensure our nation's schools are defined not by disparities, but by equity and excellence, especially as we recover from the pandemic and reemerge stronger than before. I make fun of these people. I make fun of the things they say because... I feel like they are just driven by this emotional state of wanting to make things better. Now, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to make things better. I truly think that these people who put out these types of papers and thinks that these programs actually work, they truly think that they will work. I think it's their lack of economic understanding that gets them to the point of thinking it will work. I also feel like there's a bunch of corruption for lack of a better word that's that's wiggled in there and people are incentivized to to put forth these programs and and the byproduct of that is maybe helping some minorities or maybe the corruption is the byproduct i don't know but i truly believe that these people think they're doing good and also they're probably going to get rich in the meantime point number one i'm not going to go through all these but i'm going to go through the bigger ones prioritizing access to and completion of education beyond high school so I'm not going to read this thing word for word, but let's think about what keeps people from finishing high school. And here's another typo, post-secondary attainment, no space between post and secondary. You know what? I should mark this thing up and send it back to them. How funny would that be? The Department of Education has made at least four typos in the first two paragraphs. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, we were talking about what keeps people from completing high school and continuing to secondary education. In my opinion, it's not money. It has nothing to do with money. There are scholarships out there. Teachers love to help kids who want to work. It's lack of motivation. And within a society, you will always have a group of people who are less motivated, and you'll always have a group of people who are more motivated. 
the more those people breed, the more children they have, it becomes a culture. The people who think it's best to work hard and go to school and continue education and maybe a post-secondary education, those people continue to have babies with people like that. People who think it's not necessary to go to school or maybe they've been told by someone, you need to stop going to high school and go to work and help your family. And those type of people, they continue to breed within people like them. This is not something I'm making up. I'm not making some disparaging comments. I'm just saying the way it is. Okay, so because of that, you have a, a wider and wider gap between these two extreme cultures. Well, maybe they're not extreme starting out. Over time, they become further and further different or differentiated, as Jesse Jackson would say. Here's one sentence that really jumped out at me. The department also intends to undertake a comprehensive approach to provide equitable funding by... Okay, now this next sentence I'm going to I'm going to read is probably one of the longest sentences I've ever seen and it's got like seven commas. I'll count the commas at the end. All right, ready? I'm going to take a deep breath. To provide equitable funding by and then here's the sentence. Investing in historically black colleges and universities, tribally controlled colleges and universities and minority serving institutions such as Hispanic-serving institutions, predominantly black institutions, Asian-American Pacific Islander-serving institutions, community colleges, and under-resourced public institutions. I had to take a breath. Supporting institutions, systems, and states to raise completion rates for underserved students and sponsoring a new vision of college excellence that makes inclusivity a marker of prestige. My goodness alive. So... I don't know. I lost count. I was trying to count and read and breathe at the same time, but I think there was like six commas in there. And then they randomly capitalized some words, which this is just funnier and funnier. Okay, so they're, they're saying that we need to give money to minorities. We just need to give them more money because they're minorities and they're not capable of doing things. Oh, is that what they... Wait, no. It's not that they're not capable. It's that we've oppressed them. I think, right, Asian American Pacific Islander serving institutions. You know what? I should open an Asian American Pacific Islander serving institution. I'm going to think of a very, very clever name that, that offends people, but I'll do good things with the money for Asian American Pacific Islanders. I don't know why. What, what about the kids from Pakistan and India and Vietnam and Thailand and Cambodia? What, why are we not? What about the, what about the Malaysians? What, I don't understand why we're just like picking and choosing they just make it rain on everyone. I think that one day there's going to be a bunch of lawsuits. Uh, what is it? The EEOC or the ACLU? Someone is going to get sued because the government is literally picking who to give money to by the color of their skin. And if that's not discrimination, <laughs> I don't know what is. Yeah, but they were slaves and we owed them and now we need to make it up to them. That can only last so long. It will only last so long before people have had enough. And you know what? I'm not one of these people saying, well, by golly, if they're going to get money, I need money too. No, I don't think anyone needs money. I don't think, I don't think we need to be giving money to people based on the color of their skin. We need to treat them equally. Equal. We're all the same. The report goes on. Uh, this paragraph is entitled Advancing Equity in Contracting and Procurement. Minority-owned small businesses receive about 20% of total agency procurement actions, but they receive significantly fewer overall dollars. This means that they, they win the bids that minorities are supposed to win, right? So you probably 
you might not know this unless you work with the government, but the government has policy in place that says this this percentage of our contracts we have to give to minorities. And and someone probably says, but uh, what if what if there's no minority owned business that's capable of doing the job adequately? Doesn't matter. We have to give it to them, even if they're less efficient. Yep, they're minorities. They they have to they have to get the contract. Are they not capable of winning it the old fashioned way? Well, 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 we don't know if they're capable of winning the bid, but we're just we're going to make sure they get the work. Okay, got it. So the paragraph continues. In response, the department is identifying opportunities to award higher dollar actions to minority-owned small businesses consistent with the authorizing statute and regulations governing minority-owned small business contract awards. So what they're saying is, well... They're winning the bids? To do the contracts, but the dollars are too low. So <laughs> they they put in a bid, and they were awarded it to, to them because they're minority, and then the money is too low. <laughs> and so now we're going to put some policy in place that makes sure that if they bid too low, that we just tax them on tax them onto the top of it. And if you've never been a, a contractor in a bidding world scenario, this might not make sense to you. It's the equivalent of taking three bids from three painters, picking the most expensive one because of the color of his skin, and then adding some to it because of the color of his skin. Okay, no, here's another paragraph. Support higher education with pandemic relief funding. Gah, we're still relieving the pandemic. How much longer are we going to be relieving the pandemic? So this paragraph talks about colleges and universities that have been hurt by the pandemic, giving 5,000 of them to help students access a high-quality education and the academic, emotional, and financial supports. Emotional? I just I just picked up on this one. Emotional? We're, we're worried about emotional support for college kids now? Okay, maybe we are. That's not my call. Whatever. Not my job. Uh, and financial supports need to thrive to safely return to on-campus in-person instruction and activities. Okay, so we need to give colleges money to make sure that they can provide education, academic support, emotional support, and financial support so that they can thrive. And Okay, so give money to colleges. Got it? That's going to come back up again, so just hang on to that one. We're going to give money to colleges because of the pandemic. Support learners with disabilities. I mean, who can be against that, right? Disabilities. They, they, disability people need need learning support too. Okay, so we're give three billion in funds to support children with disabilities who were disproportionately impacted, which I hate impacted as a verb, by the pandemic and its disruptions to in-person learning. So they're saying they're get, they need money for kids who are special needs that were impacted by the pandemic and its disruptions. So. Kids that were forced to stay home with special needs that fell behind, you get some money. All right? And then the next one, everyone's favorite, relief for student loan borrowers. The department's initial efforts to provide targeted loan relief have already led to the approval of $17 billion in student loan cancellation for more than 700,000 borrowers, including $1.5 billion to borrowers, who have been taken advantage of by their institutions. Remember? Remember back up a couple paragraphs ago, we're going to give money to institutions? 
And now we're going to give money to institutions and we're going to give kids money because the institutions took advantage of them. I mean, this is crazy town. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm interpreting this wrong. Maybe my ability to grasp <laughs> these typos and, and grammatical errors that don't look like English, maybe that's all wrong, okay? Maybe I got it wrong. If, if I'm right, this is a dumb, 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 dumb plan. Like I mentioned, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a great education system. I think where we miss the mark is throwing muddy at a system that's broken. And I know everyone loves to talk about systems being broken, but our education system is broken because we don't have enough parents who care. And until we can figure out how to make parents care, the education system will be broken. It's broken because no matter how much money we pour into it, if you don't have somebody at home telling the child that it's time to learn, it's time to do your homework, let's read baby Einstein before you go to bed, let me check your math, until you have that, you can take a child, you can put them in the world's most expensive school, you can give them all the world's best educators sitting around him, and if he's not motivated to do the work, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But like I always say, these people are mainly here to get reelected. And if they can get the teachers union on board by making it rain on all the teachers and getting students to vote for them because they cancel student debt, which you don't cancel debt. Debt is money for, that's owed from one person to another. There's someone out there that's at risk for the student loan. And by canceling to the student, what are you just going to, you're going to stick it to the guy's 401k, his pension, who has invested in a fund that loans money to college kids? Because, you know, from an investment standpoint, hey, we're going to loan money to college kids. That's a good thing. The kids will go to school. They'll pay back the loan. Everyone's happy. And, but no, we're going to cancel it. Okay, so what does cancel it mean? Cancel it means you tell the kid, hey, you don't owe that $100,000 that you racked up in seven years to go to community college, uh, and then now you work for 12 bucks an hour folding clothes. We're, we're going to just wipe that all away. All right, cool. Party on. Now I can go buy some more weed. And then the guy over here with the 401k, what do you have to do? You got to cut him a check to make it right. So you don't cancel debt. You have to pay it. Debt has to get paid or defaulted, one of the two. So that money that's canceling out those students at has to turn around and go to the investment institution. Where does that money come from? From the government. Where does the government money come from? The taxpayers. So keep working so you can pay your taxes, so you can go pay off all the student debt. And then maybe, just maybe, we can be more like Norway. I don't know about you guys, but I am sick and tired of having climate change crammed down my throat. I'm tired of it. I am tired of it. The, the temperature of the earth hasn't changed but 1.4 degrees in 140 years. Does that mean we should just go dump nuclear waste into the rivers? No. No, it doesn't. But let's just calm the F down. Let's just relax. Let's stop making rules. Stop making policy. If you want to invest a little bit more money in science to figure out exactly how it's happening... Let's do that. But but I feel like right now, there, there's a little hole kicked in the wall. And instead of taking the time to go get the wood and the sheetrock and the paint and the trim and everything to fix it correct, we're going to go out and buy the most expensive duct tape we can possibly find. We're going to make everyone pay for it. We're going to put a duct tape over that hole. 
Why not fix it right? Why not make sure, hey, let's make sure that this hole's really here and it's not someone didn't just paint a hole on the wall. Because if we just put duct tape over the hole and it's not really a hole, we just wasted a bunch of money in the world's most expensive duct tape. So I, I don't know. I'm all about advancing energy. I'm, I'm, that is, man, that's part of the future. It makes me excited. I like to think about it. But I don't think it's something we need to force. It will happen when it needs to. And, and, and this all leads me to my next point. I don't know. My YouTube channel is live, by the way. I haven't announced it. There's my, there's my announcement. YouTube channel is live. Go check it out. I don't know. Try searching Brandon Harper on YouTube. That's the name of the channel. And if you can't find it, just keep looking. Type in Brandon Harper Biden, and I bet it comes up. So I can't remember if I talked about it on here or the YouTube, but countries have to be rich to go green. Countries can't be poor and go green. It's, there's an economic cost. And this is one thing that the, the people who think that we just got to do whatever it takes to save the environment, whatever it takes, I don't care what it costs, we got to do it. Okay, that's great. But there are other countries who do care what it costs because they haven't emerged they haven't advanced. If you look at the world, there's certain cultures that have advanced farther than other cultures that you cannot deny that. And the ones who haven't made the technological leaps that we've made are still poor. And, and that could be from a lot of things. It could be because of the, the nature of their work ethic growing up. It could be because of the level of corruption. It could be because they have no natural resources. There's lots of lots of reasons why countries are poorer than other countries and we from america are the richest country there is the, on average the american has more money and more things than anyone else i think i don't know sometimes i get on these rolls but i could be wrong but i know our way of life is best and so think back if you went to you know the 1920s when the whole manufacturing process was really starting to develop and they're like, dude, we invented this thing. We now have access to it. It's called the internal combustion engine. We don't have to use, we don't have to use horses. We don't have to use buggies. We don't have to worry about horseshoes. We don't have to worry about feeding horses. We don't have to worry about having bridles and leather and saddles and making sure they have water and making sure they're not too hot and keep putting them inside at night, protecting them from, we don't have to worry about any of that. We put gas in the car. We get in, we turn our key, we go, we go. And then someone comes along and says, look, this is not good. You can't have this. But um, I need it. it. It makes my life easier, and it makes things more convenient. allows me to do more. I can carry more, and I, and I like it. Yeah, but it can hurt the environment. Okay, maybe it will. How bad is it going to hurt it? Um, you're looking at about 1.4 degrees for over 140 years. Um, okay, I'm good. Let's just keep it. And so you get to a certain point when you have enough money that you can, you can sacrifice efficiency in order to do things that that may benefit you in the future, right? It's something that you're willing to sacrifice now in order to, to gain ahead. And that's great. I'm all for that. I'm not for making laws to do that because then you're making you're making your priorities someone else's priorities. And at at the cost to them, right? Not only do you have to do what I think's best, but you also gotta pay for it. Because when you sacrifice efficiency, you sacrifice money. And sometimes it's worth it. In my opinion, the way that we're dealing with climate change has become polarizing and divisive. 
really we should be working together to innovate and and funding just funneling money to guys like Elon Musk who they see what it takes and he himself says this is not going to happen overnight we don't need the government to interfere we can innovate through this on our own what what's wrong with that why can't we let those guys be the leaders i guarantee you if you ran an organization who would you want to lead it elon musk or bo jiden i guarantee you you know the answer to that and everyone knows the answer to that and that's all I'm going to say about that today. Oh, everyone's all happy because the mass mandates on airplanes is over. Why, why are we celebrating something that we should have demanded a year ago? I, I said, you know what? I'm not flying anymore until we're done with the stupid mask thing. If everyone would have done that, the masks would have changed the next day. But instead, we sit around, we complain, we comply, and then we tell everyone else not to comply. I saw silly old Dan Crenshaw, Crenshaw, posting. And yes, I still follow him because I like to know what the goober says. And sometimes he posts good links. Uh, anyway, so he says, oh, just, he's a video of himself walking through the airport in Houston. Just rolling through the airport mass-free like, and then a picture of his face, which is a pathetic attempt to try to be cool with the kids, first of all. Second of all, why are you bragging about something you just, the whole time he wore shirts that said, don't comply. And then now he's, he's bragging about walking through the airport without a mask the day that they lifted the mandates. I mean, I'm all for progress. I'm all for lifting mandates about stupid masks. But let's not brag about it. Let's, you know what? I'd brag about it is if like whenever the, all the airline pilots decided not to fly, and if that would have made a change, that's worth bragging about. But sitting around and waiting until something just gets overturned in court... Come on, man. You could do better than that. Speaking of overturned in court, I got a little Kamala Harris for you. Now, this is a compilation that came up uh, on my Instagram feed. A guy named Benny Johnson posted it, which this guy posted pretty good stuff. If you need a good follow, check him out. So I don't know how many times it was, but they found all of the speeches that she used the term unburdened in. And it is hilarious. It's about a minute long. I'm going to try my best not to pause it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And then to make the possible actually happen. I have to believe in what can be unburdened by what has been. And we must always see who we can be, unburdened by who we have been. An ability to see what can be, unburdened by what has been. What can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. We see what can be, unburdened by what has been. Bring people to see what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be. That's. Uh, you know, these people just forget that we have this thing called the internet, and everything gets recorded. Everything. Even the things that are unburdened. What a joke. Somebody, somebody along the line said, you know, you should really, there's this new uh, term, unburdened, and, uh, you know, we... We, we did some polling, and we kind of feel like that if you could kind of work this in, it would really speak to our voter base 
It's unburdened. So, you know, just talk about things that unburdened by the past and unburdened by the future and just anything that can be unburdened, just throw it in there. You know, we'll we'll make it work. You're 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 good off the cuff. You don't read any notes. Here's another one for you. She's speaking at the uh Vermont No, sorry. VT Vandenberg Space Force Base, California, on establishing norms for space, okay? So these people are a part of the military division called Space Force. Technically, they are military armed service members. She's talking to them like it's freaking Sunday school, the kinder- like a room full of kindergartners. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but just listen, listen. Thank you, Specialist Davis, for that kind introduction. It is wonderful to be back in California. And I want to thank the members of Congress who are blah, blah, blah. appear into the furthest reaches of the universe. Space is exciting. It spurs our imaginations. And it forces us to ask big questions. I feel like next she would say, who out there has a big question. Space, it affects us all. It sure does. And it connects us all. Does it? There are so many opportunities in space for our country. Like what? And for all of humanity. Oh, no. I want to hear more about opportunities. From science to commerce to national security. No way she has a speech written. No way there's a speech in front of her that she's trying to follow bullet points or words or a teleprompter. She is literally putting words together as her tiny little hamster brain rolls. All of you on this base know the importance of the space systems that you use and operate. All of you know the... I, I, can't, I, I can't watch much longer, but I'm going to try for you. This is a 13-minute speech. We're one minute and 50 seconds into it. And how important they are for our national security. Our space capabilities provide for global awareness, global connectivity, and global navigation. Okay, so here's my opinion so far. The context that she's, it sounds to me like the, the tonality and the content of the speech would be more suited for like a group of high school students, maybe even younger, not people who are actively working in the roles of Space Force, who know 150 times more about space than the woman that's talking to you. All right, here we go. Of course, we also know the threats we face in space. The threats. This is why our administration has proposed the largest single increase in our military space capability in our nation's history. And so much for cutting the military spending there, huh? We will continue to invest so you are able to protect our Remember, everything's an investment. Every dime that the government spends, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, is always called an investment. I'd like to know what their investment win percentage is. Uh, of all these investments that they make, what's the payoff? Interest in space, which in turn protects our interests here on Earth. 
I mean, which I mean, I I don't know. I I can't take this person seriously. I don't see how anyone can. I'm gonna jump ahead. See, maybe we get some adult speak here halfway through it. Establish to advance and demonstrate norms for the responsible and peaceful use of outer space. I've met with leaders. What's really funny to me is that remember when Trump started Space Force? He's like, um, we're going to have a Space Force. It's going to be the biggest, baddest, most powerful Space Force we've ever seen. In fact, it's the only one. Isn't that right, Mike? And then they were all like, no, you can't have Space Force. It goes against all the international standards and we'll end up fighting with each other. And then now here she is talking about making substantial donations to Space Force. Hilarious. From around the world, countries like Singapore and France, Beiran and India, and I've raised this issue. It is clear there is strong interest among our international partners. Okay, that's it. I can't do any more. Whatever. This woman should not be vice president. She is qualified to, uh, let's just not not be the, the world's vice president. That's all. That's all I'm going to say about that. You know, one of the topics of the of late has been free speech, maintaining free speech, which I'm all for. I'm all for maintaining free speech. But I got to thinking about it. I I don't think we need to interfere. We don't we don't need to 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 regulate what people say on different platforms. You know, we're as we advance through technology, we're we're giving more of an opportunity for people to communicate to one another. Now, what that does was it, it muddies everything. It muddles it with noise, and you have to decipher what's real, what's not real, what do I trust, what do I not trust. And if we create rules that don't allow untrustworthy people to speak, those rules will have to always be in place. And then we will have to decide, okay, who's untrustworthy and who's not untrustworthy? And then we have to put someone in the position to make that decision. But if we just let the room get filled with people, and there's going to be growing pains, but pretend like you got a room, and you put one person in there, and everyone around is watching that one person, they're listening to what he's going to say, and he goes and he gives a speech, and everyone understands him, they heard him, and they know exactly what he said, and they can go fact-check him to see if he's right or wrong. Now if you put two people in there, and they're all, they're all talking at the same time, both people. They're all just giving a speech. And you have to try to decide, which one do I listen to, this one or that one? I'm not really sure. They're kind of talking over each other. And so we keep adding people to the room. Now we've got three and four and five and six, and eventually we've got a room with 330 million people in it. And there's no possible way that we can listen to all those people. So we have to pick. We have to pick, listen to this one, don't listen to this one. You know, we can pick and choose. And if people are right... They will be listened to more. If people are wrong, they will be listened to less. And it's it's a it's a rough road. It's it's tough to change the way that we take data in, but it's got to happen. Because if we don't, if we have rules in place that that keep us from learning how to take data in, we will never learn how to take data in. If you have a child and you don't want to teach him how to swim because you're worried that he might drown, he'll never learn to swim. And then you'll have to make sure that there's a fence around every body of water that he goes near. And you'll have to make sure that he's wearing floaties on if he's going near a body of water with no fence. And that he understands how to put on his life jacket. And so now this kid's got rules for the rest of his life. And instead of being able 
to go and swim and learn how to do it the right way and understand the dangers of it, we've just protected him his whole life. And now he never gets to experience the joys of swimming. Same thing applies to guns. And the same thing applies to free speech and the internet. We must put people in the position of things potentially going wrong in order for them to learn. Yeah, but what happens if they elect an extremist and then that person does bad things to the whole country? Hey, newsflash. Extremists don't get elected. If you're extreme, you're not going to win an election. People know. People understand. This is Alex Jones. He's crazy as a loon. Don't trust him. Listen to him. Enjoy him. But but you get to choose how much to trust him. Because he's extreme, the, a majority of the people aren't going to fall into his realm. We have to remember that, you know? People said, well, we elected Trump. He was an extremist. Well, apparently more than half of the population agreed with what he had to say. So that makes him no longer an extremist by default. I think that because of our ability to decipher information, and we've kind of learned how things work with this whole internet and, and exchange of information at warp speed, we're starting to learn how to decipher. We're starting to pick who's extreme and who's not. And the sooner the government gets involved, that, that's when the learning stops. I honestly think that we're at the point now or that nobody has the power to persuade more than 51% 51 of the population away from their core beliefs. We have so much access to information now that if someone crazy gets up there and they say, they give a platform, they're going to run on this and this and that. Now, I'm not talking about do like a Hitler thing, right? Because Hitler duped everyone. He said he wanted to do what's best for the people, power of the people, going to make Germany better. Never said how he was going to do it. Got elected, flip-flopped, killed all the Jews, and so that's a different story, right? So as long as we can trust what people are saying, then we have to let the people pick. And if it's a, if it's a trust thing, then that's something totally different from censorship. So I honestly, at the core of my core, I feel like that no one person has the power to pull away 51% of the population from their core beliefs. And core beliefs are now more established than ever because of access to information. And so what do you have? We have the government is now begging the tech industry to cooperate in censorship and, and weeding out the disinformation and misinformation. Obama just gave a long speech about this, talked about how we just we need to big tech to do the right thing and step in. I mean, who would ever have thought that we're begging big tech to help censor information? When big tech came on the scene, they were the purveyors of freedom. They were the, the idea platforms. They were the guys who, who wanted to not be controlled by the establishment and not be under the thumb of the government. And there's this new thing called the Internet that allows everyone to exchange ideas. There's no FCC. There's no regulations. Now, I'm not saying we need to live in a world with no regulations. I'm just saying we don't need to censor what people are telling each other, even if they're stupid. Even if they're the dumbest people on the face of the earth, still be allowed to say their opinion. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. I just queued up a Biden clip. I hope you have not heard this yet. This is Biden the other day talking about the Republican Party. This is a MAGA party now. Is what just listen. This is like a minute long. I'm going to stop it probably if you just, just listen. Uh, you know, a couple there's only two senators occasionally don't vote with me. That's right. Okay, when he said this, he turns around. There's people standing behind him off to his like left, rear left, 
And so he spins around and looks at them. And I think this is part of his whole plan to cover up for the past two or three times he's been at the podium. And he spun around to talk to people and they haven't been there. And he still talks. He still shakes hands. Okay, so now he spun around. So the audio is kind of bad, but just listen closely. Right. <laughs> Literally, 48, they talk about the split in the Democratic Party. There's virtually no split in the Democratic Party. We just happen to have 50 presidents. Oh, just you wait, uh, buddy. You know, you have 50 senators and 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans. Mean- okay, did you hear he? I was talking. He said 50 presidents. I'm going to run it back a little bit. All right, here we go. 50 presidents. 50 presidents, he said. He's talking about people not voting for him. And he meant to say senators, but he said presidents. 50 presidents. One more time. Democratic Party. There's virtually no split in the Democratic Party. We just happen to have 50 presidents. You have 50 presidents, he says. You know, you have 50 senators and 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans. I mean, anyone can change the dynamic, right? Yeah, he's lost. He's lost and he's searching. But all kidding aside, 48% of my Democratic colleagues in the Senate vote with me 94% of the time. So it's not like we have a split, but we don't have, we have virtually no Republicans. There's some. You get up to as many as seven or eight will vote. Okay, so what he just said here was that he has two Democrat senators who vote against him. And he only has seven or eight Republicans who vote for him. So in his opinion, there should be more Republicans voting for him than what there are now. Even though there's only two Democratic senators voting against him. This ain't your father's Republican Party. Not why, why? Because people don't vote with you? Because you're mushy-brained? Not a joke. All you it's, always, do is, it's never a joke. Remember from last week? It's never a joke. Not a joke. All you got to do is look what that is being played on, played the, 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 this morning. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say what, bro? All you got to do is look what that is being played on, played the, 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 this morning about <laughs> the tape that was released. Anyway. Okay, he got lost. He got lost, and he used his anyway out of there. Guys, anyone who disagrees with me, I would love to talk to them. I would love to hear from someone who says he's fine. He just stut- he stutters. He stutters. Be nice to him. All you got to do is look what that is being played on, played the, 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 this morning about the tape that was released. Anyway. Anyway. So it wasn't like people were questioning him and saying, whoa, 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 what tape? Whoa, whoa, time out. And he's like, anyway, that doesn't matter. It's like, no. He stopped in the middle of a sentence and said, anyway. You know, but they, all, all kidding aside, this is a MAGA party now. Damn right it's, it is. You know, you got the, the senator from Texas and others. He, these, these guys are a different breed of cat. Yeah, he's talking about my main man, Ted Cruz. Different breed of cat. They're not like what I served with for so many years. Yeah, they're men. They actually stand up against goobers like you. And the people who know better are afraid to act correctly because they know they'll be primary. Gee, what does that tell you, Bo? What does that tell you, Bo Jiden? The people are afraid to act correctly because they know they'll be primaried. What that means is that people don't want to speak up because they don't want to lose an election. Because what the people are saying, what the, the voters are saying is, we don't want people like Mitt Romney. We don't want people like Dan Crenshaw. We don't want people like Liz Cheney. And so they're speaking up against that. And he doesn't understand why the Republicans won't speak out against 
the voting base. It's because they will not win an election. This is all these people care about is winning elections and maintaining power. You know, with all this Disney crap that's going on, and I, I haven't I haven't specifically covered it because you get enough of that at other places, right? I mean, we got too many Republicans out there that only talk about social issues, in my opinion. So, I don't know. I, I know I do a little bit. Uh, do I classify myself as a Republican? No, but I'm definitely right-leaning. I don't claim to not be. So, we have enough people that are just talking about social issues. And I understand. That's because the, the average person who can't engage in monetary policy, understands social issues about things like Disney. So I get it. So I haven't talked about Disney much, but the idea that this has become such a stink is, is really what's, what's sickening to me. We're arguing about a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny little bit of the population and accommodation to them. And, and we're telling Disney, you can't do this, you can't do that. Let Disney do whatever they want to do. Let the market sort it out. I don't care. I don't care about transgender issues. I really don't. Now, someone's out there probably saying, That's because you're not a transgender. Yeah, you're exactly right. I care about small business issues. I care about the state of the economy. I care about maintaining freedom. That's what I care about. So, you got me. But here's what matters. I was taught that we're all equal. And I truly feel that way. I was taught that we all put on our pants one leg at a time. And someone can call you out for doing something wrong, and you should have the right to call someone else out for doing something wrong. The idea of allowing one group of people to make laws on behalf of others is kind of sickening. Politicians don't bring things to law because people ask them to. They bring things to law to try to gain support. It's a flex. People want to say, these politicians... Well, look at me. I'm standing up for this, the little guy, the, the transgender rights. and the, I, I want to make sure that there's no transphobic people harassing children. And, you know, these things that never happen. And then there's people out there who, you know, they have a big heart. They want to see everyone be kind to each other. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm all for that. But they see this and they say, you know, Disney, you know, they just they want to make sure that no one's being discriminated against. And I think that's a good thing. And so... They, they use this, this do-gooder blanket in order to hide so that they can, they can be in charge because it's, not, it's nothing but power that they want. There's not even any profit to be gained by, by the government making laws that cater to certain small, teeny, tiny groups of people. For the most part, sometimes there is. There, there is ways to profit in making policy that benefits a large group of people but when you have the teeny tiny groups of people, like the transgender community, when there's not many of them, and politicians pass laws to protect them, no one's really gaining. There's only cost. If I'm forced to put in a bathroom for 1% of the population, that's a bad business deal. Laws aren't to protect people. Laws aren't to make your life easier. Laws aren't to make sure no one hurts your feelings. Laws are not created to make sure we have access to buildings. Laws are created to maintain order. And that's all we should do. We should leave it at that. Does this law help maintain order without infringing on our rights? If yes, proceed to level two. If no, put a red line through it and put it in the trash can. And if politicians would just understand, if they would just understand, 
the more you can give everyone what they want, the more you can accommodate a larger group of people just by creating an environment that's that's good for them, the more power you'll get. Oh, wait. Maybe they already know that. And that's why they make laws. It's a flex of power in order to get reelected. But what we're starting to figure out is that maybe people want freedom more than control. Maybe on the on the inverse seesaw of freedom and safety, they want more freedom. And I think Elon Musk is is a perfect example of someone who's willing to go against the grain in order to see if people would like this more. And maybe they're just not speaking up. Maybe there's not enough people that are saying, man, Twitter sucks, or they're not willing to quit Twitter. And so he's saying, hey, together we can fight against this ridiculousness. And it may not be as profitable, but it's not going to cost anyone anything. We're not going to force anyone to do anything. I don't know. I'm kind of ranty. I know. I can feel it. I can feel it. You know, one thing, uh, I don't know if you remember, a couple weeks ago there was a shooting, New York subway. It was in the news for about two days. I remember they gave the description of the shooter. And it was like, they described everything but his skin color. And here's what I heard. When I heard that, here's what I thought. I bet you it's a black guy. I bet you it's a black guy. Now, I didn't think it's a black guy because it was one person who shot another person or, or multiple people. Typically, it's a white guy who does the mass shootings. But I've become conditioned. I've learned through history over the last few years that if they don't announce someone's skin color, it's guaranteed to be a black person or a minority of color. And this this is where we are. We're, we're so embarrassed to, ma- to mention someone's skin color that we won't do it. And so what can we now just assume that if they don't say it, they're a minority? Because that's, that's where I'm at. Maybe we could just start saying, like, let's just say what colors his extremities are, okay? We can say, like, he's got red shorts and a, um, a white tank top, and he's got uh, his red wing boots on, um, and his, his arms are white. Or, or maybe we could say uh, he's got pants that are hanging off of his ass, and he's trying to run, so he's holding his belt with his left hand. He's got a, a black afro, and also um, his, his, his arms are black, too. <laughs> maybe that way we can we can describe the skin color of a killer that's on the loose without actually having to say their skin color because it's just it's very very hard it's very hard to say that a minority did something wrong to the media i don't know why but that's here, here's where we are that's where we are today and i'm gonna just leave that at that last thing i'm gonna talk about and then i'm gonna go this is an extra long show, free of charge. I won't charge you any extra for today's length. All right. So, you know, I used to be a big Bill Gates fan. I used to think, oh, man, the dude just does a lot of good things, and he wants to change the world, and he's just good for humanity. Over time, I became woke. I became savvy. We now have the information to see everything he says it puts out there. So I'm going to break down my opinion of Bill Gates and his business model. Now, you don't have to agree with me. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if you think that he's like the equivalent of Elon Musk. We can have our difference of opinion. Now, Bill Gates claims to want to save humanity. He says, through vaccines, 
We can save everyone. We can just inject things into everyone all over the world, and we can save them. And so what he's done is he's, he's created the Gates Foundation, a nonprofit, in order to distribute money to countries that need to give vaccines to the impoverished. Sounds like a great thing. I think it's odd that he also says, hey, in Africa, these countries, their growth rate is way too fast. There are people starving to death. There's not enough food. There's a shortage of food supply to satisfy the demand of the population there. And then, cut to, well, I've created a vaccine that extends the life of the African people, especially in impoverished countries, by up to five to ten years. And if you donate to my foundation, we can supply those vaccinations to them. So now, look what he's got. He's got a, he's got a, a, a growing need for vaccinations because these people, there's more and more of them, number one, and, and they become sicker over time. They're, they're just getting vaccinated and, and it's protecting them. We don't know what's happening with their immune systems. But more importantly, his, his client base, the people who receive these vaccines, is growing. We've all, we've all admitted to that. Now, another bonus, those clients, they don't have to pay for those vaccines. They don't have to buy them. It's free to them. Okay, so now he comes back to all his billionaire buddies and he's like, yes, I was wondering if you'd like to donate to the foundation where I can, I can vaccinate the people in Africa. Okay, so now he gets all of his revenue from them. He produces the vaccines. He sells them to Africa. Maybe the government of Africa, maybe he does charge them. I don't know. But let's just say he gives them to them through his philanthropical efforts. So the same group of people that he says is growing too fast, they can't sustain their food, but we're going to give them vaccines in order to make them live longer. I don't get it. I don't get it. It doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up. He also, this just came out last night, he shorted Tesla stock. He said it, a short is just a bet that the stock's going to go down. And Tesla claims to be the biggest protector of the green energy evolution that there is. And Bill Gates says, well, I don't think, I, I think your stock's going to go down, so I'm going to short it. Now, a lot of people will say, yeah, he was just betting on the price of the stock. has nothing to do with the intentions of the company. I get it. I get it. But if you're such, if you're willing to give up so much of your money and so much of your net worth in order to save the climate, why would you bet against a company who is doing more in revenue and more things in the name of climate change than anyone else? Because if it was about money, you wouldn't be giving your money away, right? Well, you're giving your money away, but you're betting against Tesla to make money? What, so you can give it away? I mean, it, it just doesn't add up to me. And while I think that Tesla is operating on the platform of doing good green things, I think they are, but it's a byproduct. I think that Elon knows how to captivate the market and speak to the people that will buy Tesla and that can afford to buy Tesla and understand that Tesla costs more than everything else, and they're willing to pay for it because they like to see a better environment. And I kind of feel like he's got a lot of them duped. And you know what? That's his business model. This is, this is what I feel like Bill Gates' business model is. And the rebuttal to this is probably he doesn't need any more money. He's already got money. He just wants to do the good things. I agree. It's probably not about money. I think it's about power. I think that once you have been in, in the most rich man in the world for a certain amount of time and you've built a software that's on the most amount of computers... That runs through your veins like a drug. That is something that money cannot buy. 
That's power, it's control, it's authority. Now, for people like me and you, we can't fathom that. We don't know what that would feel like. We don't know what it would be like for no one to tell us no, and no one to tell us it's a bad idea, and for no one to tell us, yeah, we can't get that for you right now. Because at that level, you don't hear that. So we can't know what it feels like to be that powerful. We can know what it feels like to lead a group. And either it feels good or it feels bad. And so if you're the kind of person that feels bad, you don't like the idea of leading groups or leading organizations or being tasked with being the leader, then you can never understand how someone thrives on it. Now, if you are the kind of person who enjoys leading a group of people or leading a project or being the one in charge or being the one to make decisions, if you do enjoy that, multiply that times infinity. And that's where he's at. He's the, he was the top dog. He was the leader of the country for a long time. Everything he said, everyone listened to. And now it's slipping away from him. And so I don't think he's consciously thinking about how can I get more power so that I can feel more power and be more powerful. It's like, man, I used, to make an, I used to make an impact. I used to make a difference. I used to be the guy that was leading the charge, and it's all slipped away. I'm past my prime. I'm through my, what's it called, your uh, midlife crisis. I'm already done with that, and I feel like my best years are behind me. I've got to do something. I've got to make a difference. And so he has enough brains to say, I can get money from these people. I can produce something. I can distribute it to these people. It doesn't matter how much it costs me. It doesn't matter how much it costs to send it there. It does, none of that matters because I'm doing good things, and I want to do good things, and I really do feel that's the Bill Gates model. Agree? Disagree? No me importa. I could be completely wrong, I, and I would be willing to. I would, I would, I would be willing. Uh, a big old stinky dude like me would be willing to sit down with Bill Gates and grill him and see what he says because you don't get that. You don't get these one-on-one podcast-style conversations with people like him. Even if he were to step into Joe Rogan's studio, Joe Rogan would still tiptoe around him because no one wants to piss off a guy that everyone likes, except for me. I kind of like it. All right, I'm getting ready to wrap it up. Uh, you probably have noticed that things may sound a little different now. I've got, I got some new equipment that I've been playing with. And it makes it very, very easy for me to find videos and, and throw them in here. It saves so much time. So one of the things I want to do is share funny videos with you. And I know you're just going to get the audio, but you'll hear me repeat little lines and phrases and things that you're like, Where, what is that from? And so a lot of them come from these funny videos that I've amassed a collection of over the years. And they're just funny little meme videos that end up making the rounds and people make re- remixes and stuff. But this one is a classic. This one, a lady is detained on the side of the road. And the cops are holding her. And she's very mad because she's being detained. And she tells them, you about to lose your job. And so that's a common thing of mine. I also say, check this dance. Because she says that too. She starts singing and dancing and saying, check this dance. You about to lose your job. So I would recommend go to YouTube. Search for you about to lose your job original. And watch it because the, the video that goes with it is pretty good too. But the audio, I, I hope you'll enjoy it. Let's see how this goes. Yes, when somebody when somebody's trying to detain me when I when I don't want to be detained for no goddamn reason. <laughs> yeah, that's how the fuck I act. Naturally, ask anybody who know me. What you at school for? The fuck are you talking about? Why are you detaining me? You about to lose your job. <laughs> 
And you about to lose your job. Get this dance. Get this you dance. about to lose your job because you are detaining me for oh, nothing. nothing. And you're detaining me for nothing. And you about to lose your job. You ain't even got no job because you're training. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Is this shit worth you losing your job? Ah, man. I don't know the rest. Let's just go. With, I've never listened to the rest. Let's keep going. Because you about to. Because you ain't got no reason. I could, I could pass any sobriety test today. All right. That's it. That was the end of it. Oh, man, man, man. That, I, th- this is why the internet is beautiful. We have access to so much information, so much funny stuff, you know? And guys like me, I don't really, I appreciate some scripted humor. I'm not a huge stand-up comedy guy, but I do really, really love candid videos that catch people doing things that you would never see, or, or maybe you would see one time in your life. You know, if this was the 60s, the guy, the cop who's holding this lady with her hands behind her back in handcuffs, he would be telling this story all the time. And now it's preserved for hopefully eternity. And that's why the Internet's beautiful. That's why we don't need it censored. That's why we need guys like Elon. Because one day, one day, you know what? Someone may say that this video is racist, and they'll take it down. They'll take it down. Just because the cop who's holding her and her have different skin colors. So you know what? That's a racist video. We, we need to just go ahead and pull that down. And you know what? People would defend them. They would say, it's their platform. They can do whatever they want. It's their platform. Which is true. It's true. All right. I'm going to save the, the technological issues of competing with YouTube for another show. Man, we're at an hour and four minutes. And I, uh, I've done most of the editing along the way. So you get an extra long one, just like I told you. Hope everybody has a great week. Go out there, speak your mind, be respectful, laugh at funny videos, share them with your friends, remember the art of telling jokes, but most of all, keep it tranquilo. I need love.